0: Hello and welcome to the Lifestyle Entrepreneur Show, my aspiring entrepreneurs. It's so good to have you here. And today is a really important topic because I know so many people, despite the highlight reel, are struggling with this behind the scenes. We don't wanna talk about it and today we are going to talk about it. That is the struggle to show up for life's goals when you have the world and his dog against you. It feels like the universe is against you. Insert your problem here. Maybe the kids have been up at night, they're ill, you're ill. Maybe you've got an injury or you're struggling with something else. Perhaps you've gone back to work after maternity leave and you're struggling to build your business or financial freedom while you're trying to juggle everything else. It's a lot going on here. And that's what I want to talk about in this episode. I want to share with you why suppressing the feelings and dismissing it is really dangerous for your mental health and your relationships, let's face it. I want to talk about some advice from Dr. Chatterjee, elements of habit hacking theory as documented by behaviourists, James Clear's book and Sahil Bloom's Curiosity Chronicle and how that might help you to shift your perspective on your situation. Some mindset shifts to become stronger have got to be included in this episode, of course, because that's fundamentally going to help us and some practical steps to start manifesting more consistency and calm in achieving your life's goals. So you do not want to miss that. Hello, hello, lovely, lovely listener and welcome to this show where I promise I've got value. I'm going to encourage you and support you and empower you in this episode. You are not going to want to miss. But first of all, little scene set. I've got Luca in with me while I'm recording. Uh, touch, t- top and bottom of it is Luca's not very well. He's struggling with a fever. And if there's any episode that couldn't have come at a better time for me to literally be able to empathetically understand your situation, <laughs> your struggle right now, it's this one. We sat down to record this several times over the weekend and in the evening, and he just wouldn't settle. He had a fever. He was feeling really rough. You could tell it was kept having chills, but he wouldn't be comforted by anyone else. He just wanted his mum. He wanted to nurse to sleep and then stay in my, you know, me to hold him in his arms basically, or lie with him. And after the third attempt last night, it got to about 11 o'clock and I said, enough, pajamas on, I'm going to snuggle down with my little boy. And there's a time when we'd have said, oh, this is so frustrating. It's made, why does nobody, you know, you look up to the heavens, whether you believe in God or not, but you always look up, don't you? It's like this thing that you look up and you go, why are you sending me? Why are you testing me? Why are you challenge me? Well, it does, doesn't it? It challenges you all of the time. And sometimes we take that struggle and overwhelm and we use it as a reason to quit or to do nothing or to just wallow in that self-pity and I'm, I'm not here to tell you you're being self-pity I understand trust me I'm a mum of a one-year-old now a five-year-old and an eight-year-old and you think it gets easier but it actually really just changes the the, the challenges just change So whilst I'm talking about parenting here from my situation, you know, the overwhelm and the struggle can literally be anything you're going through. It can be life admin. It can be, you've had a a trigger notification that you've gone overdrawn or that you forgot to transfer some money over to your other bank account. And then this thing happened and now none of it's going to work. And it's all starting to get a little bit too much. So if this feels familiar to you, like the world and his dog are against you, then Trust me, we are going to tackle that in this episode so that you get back on top and in the positive, positive state to manifest your dream life. And I'm not like others on this subject. I'm gonna say this because I was listening to Mel Robbins' podcast and I love a bit of Mel. For any of you who know, Mel Robbins, absolutely awesome. Cannot respect the lady enough. However, one lady sent in a message that said, how can I possibly build a business when I have a job and I have kids? I have two or three kids. I can't remember what it was. And immediately it's dismissed as an excuse. And this happens so much in the industry that gurus like Brendan Bouchard, you know, people who don't have children, people who sometimes aren't even in a relationship, people who have, you know, support workers and staff and have established financial freedom elsewhere that's enabled certain things. And I'm not saying these people don't work hard. They absolutely do. But quite often they forget the struggle. They forget what it's really like or they forget what it's like when you don't have a choice over that struggle. And actually, I'm going to rephrase that. We do have a choice. We have a choice to have a baby. We have a choice to have family. We don't have a choice to have an injury or an illness or something else that challenges us. You know, those things come up. You know, the fever comes up and you have to deal with it. The kids are off school. They're poorly. You have to deal with it. All of these sorts of things are just sent to testers and challengers. And sometimes we can take that as a sign to give in. I know there's many times I have felt like, is the universe testing me? Can I really do this right now? And you have to get pragmatic and look at your schedule and your priorities. But the difficulty is, you know, you've got this identity. You're a mum, you're a daughter, or you've got this illness or this injury. And you've somehow still got to show up for your life's goals because That's part of improving, getting better, doing the thing that you've got to do. And here's the thing. When somebody like Mel Robbins tells you it's just an excuse, what do you feel? You feel like a failure. You feel not good enough. You're like, well, all right then. Okay, it's an excuse because you just told me somebody else did it. So I'm stupid, am I? I'm not, I'm lazy. I'm a failure. I'm no good at this. And how does that make you feel strong and empowered? That's disempowering to tell you you're not good enough because somebody else isn't using it as an excuse. And you are. So here's the thing. I want you to acknowledge with compassion what you're going through. Let's acknowledge it with words. I find it really, really empowering to say, this is hard out loud. Wow guys, you know, when the kids are just having a meltdown or doing something or Lucas unwell, I just like want to say, this is hard. I'm acknowledging that I'm going through a struggle that you can acknowledge that you've got something going on right now, instead of suppressing it, here's what happens when you suppress it, so you go, I'm stupid, I'm not enough, everybody else will be able to deal with this and more, everybody's against me, my kids don't want me to succeed, my family doesn't, my injury's telling me to stop, whatever, you know, insert your problem into this sentence, and then you're disempowered, you feel out of control, you want to give in, you're frustrated, you're resentful, you're angry to everybody else and you look for somebody to blame that when the straw breaks the camel's back, you might have a massive row with somebody. You might lose a client. You might fail with one of your goals. In, in my case, you know, I might've been frustrated with Luca when he was poorly and he just wanted a mummy cuddle and that's not on. We have to acknowledge it, label it and give it compassion. So acknowledge yourself. It's hard. It's hard. Step one, stop stop saying it's an excuse and I'm a failure and I must be pathetic. Acknowledge, yes, this is hard, but I can do it anyway. Step number one that I'm going to give you is that this will pass one day. This too shall pass. It's a season of life. You know, acknowledge it, but don't dwell on it. Let's be future focused. And I'm going to give you a couple more practical steps as we go through this. But hold on tight because there's a lot to cover in the next 10 minutes. Sahil Bloom shared something in his new Curiosity Chronicle, which I think makes us all feel human. You have about 10% of your time where you feel super motivated and ready to take on the world and do amazing things. You have about 80% of the time when you're a bit meh. You can neither here nor there. You'd quite happily sit on the sofa, but you know you need to do something. So you'll just about do what is necessary if you force yourself. Then you have 10% of the time where you feel like a failure where you just want to lie in bed, curl up in a ball, never see anybody again. Or maybe you want to lie in front of Netflix, eat ice cream, uh, whatever your bag is, whatever the thing is that you want to do and you just feel lousy. And I know for me, it's definitely not seeing anybody, like just introvert, you know, sort of stepping away from all social situations and social media and everything like that and becoming quite an introvert, uh, which is just not normal. It's a sign that... You're feeling out of sorts. So the reason I share that is Sahil Bloom experiences it. Other people went back and said, hey, I get this too. I, I'm not like there all the time. Tony Robbins shared recently in one of his summits that if he waited to feel like it, he'd probably never do it. And he has this strict regime of going into an ice bath and doing all of these things to get himself into the state. Off yourself some compassion. It's hard. And guess what? We don't feel 100% motivated all of the time. And I was quite surprised to learn that we don't feel like that even when we have a massive pull towards our goal. Maybe your 10% is more like 20%. Maybe it's 30 or 40%. Try and shift those percentages so you've got a bit more of the 20% where you feel super motivated and you're on top and you manage to control your state and you can control the 80% in the middle that is your meh time and just reduce that time. But accept, everybody has days they just can't do it. They don't feel like it. They're not with it. But also at the same time, remember, is it a meh day or is it a, no, I absolutely cannot touch anything today. I need a break. And this will make you stronger. This will make you empowered. This tells you you're human. These things happen. The struggles are real. And I have so much of my time when I feel able. One of the things I was talking about with my fantastic friend, Anthea, today, I'm just looking around for my my little sticky note of a book she recommended to me. And this is something I practiced a while ago, but I didn't realize that I could read the book on it. Uh, A book called Flow by Elisa Vitti. and. It's all about in your cycle, so if you're a woman listening, a female, you will find that during different times of your cycle, you have the motivated days, you have the days when you can be showing up as your complete best self and and speaking on stages, and then you have the days when you're more introvert and you just want to knuckle down or or you just want to do some work and tick some things off. You're most productive. Learning how you are and what your patterns are will really help you. here. Okay. Now for stepping into the most powerful version of you, the one that takes control. But before we do that, I want to share some advice from Dr. Chatterjee's book. And this is about micro doses of stress. You know that thing where you don't, you don't sort of have this situation where you blow up like a bottle of pop or something triggers you, or you, you, you know, you all of a sudden decide you're on a downward spiral. As a result, it's often not a big thing, is it? It's like, All the compounding little things that have wound you up or pushed your stress buttons. And he calls them micro doses of stress. It might be that you had a bad night's sleep. You woke up late. You were late for the school run. You were late for work or your first client. Perhaps there was traffic. The car's making a funny noise. Then you realize your insurance is due. Then maybe you need to, or you realize you forgot to insure it. You forgot to renew it. And now the price has gone up. That's so frustrating, isn't it? you get home and the meal you cooked is either burnt. The kids don't like it. You didn't like it. You see how all these things compound. There are only micro doses of stress, but it might be that you're triggered when you receive a text message that says you've gone overdrawn that night and that makes you want to blow up or somebody irritates you. Somebody says something unkind to you and normally you're like, well they're always unkind, they're always a bit mean, they're always a bit curt, they say things as they are but really they're just rude (laughs) and maybe you can deal with that or your mum triggering you but tonight you've had all these micro doses of stress all day long that have triggered you to the point that you feel like you can't cope with it anymore and you explode. Now Dr Chatterjee Chatterjee says that you can Control this by reducing the number of decisions you need to make throughout the day, like eating the same lunch or salad every single day, the same breakfast, wearing the same clothes or having a, a, you know, capsule wardrobe where choosing an outfit is just three choices. He talks about overwhelm when you go to the supermarket and there's 26 choices of mustard. I don't know which supermarket he goes to. <laughs> and I not maybe it's waitrose. And, You can have all of these things that mean too much choice causes micro doses of stress because we're worried about making the wrong one. And that's fine. You can do that. But there are certain things that are always going to be triggering. So use Dr. Chatterjee's advice, reduce your number of decisions. But let's also think about how you can decide in advance how to deal with some of the common things that go wrong in your day. So, I use the decide in advance strategy. And this is I know we might have a problem getting out the door. There's always one child that's forgotten their water bottle. So, water bottles go by the the door the night before, filled up with the book bags. It might be that someone has forgotten to or doesn't want to more likely go to school and is therefore itching to go get a toy at the last minute. Making sure that you're ready half an hour earlier and saying, Do you want to grab a toy? Hey, we're going to have this tantrum this morning. Are we upset and have a bit of anxiety and we don't want to go to school? We're going to do the avoidance tactics that we always do. Deciding in advance how, when these things crop up, you're going to deal with them. I mean, that can be as simple as you having a triggering conversation with a colleague or with a boss or with a family member that's upset you. You know it's going to trigger you. It triggers you every day. It puts you in a negative state. So you need to decide in advance how you're going to deal with it. Whether that's, you know, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to have a mantra, I'm going to say something, I'm going to ignore it, I'm going to walk away, I'm going to step over here, I'm going to get outside, I'm going to, you know, all of the sorts of self care things that you can do and decide in advance. So, three mindset shifts that will help you feel more empowered and more in control versus out of control that I have found are really valuable and also a lot of the experts are talking about. The first one is something you would have heard a thousand times one day, this too shall pass it's a season in life, you know, today, yes, there's a fever, today, yes, somebody's not happy about something, today, you have an injury, but maybe next month, next week, tomorrow, will all of this matter? Will any of it be a problem? So if we don't dwell on it, we move on quickly from the fact that the exhaust fell off the car, or whatever is going on, and we're more future-focused, shake it off, almost surrender to it, um, that Somebody said that to me, and I think it's very powerful. Like last night, if let's use this example, the analogy of me going up to see Luca for the third time. He's got a fever. He wants mummy cuddles. He's not happy about being comforted by dad when he's poorly. He just wants mum. And I could think about all the ways that that's frustrating, that somebody else should be able to help, that I should be able to have support and encouragement, and all of those are the sorts of things. Or I could surrender to it and say, oh, this is so lovely, this is my baby boy who just needs his mum because he's feeling poorly and this will pass, you know, I can come back to the podcast tomorrow, I can reschedule things, I can make it work. Isn't that a much more empowering perspective to take? Surrendering, Okay, okay, it's not meant to be right now, but let's move on. The second most empowering thing that we can do is to dial down the pressure. Just accept that, the focus can shift from one place to another. You know, we have all this massive pressure to do this massive to-do list and I'm going to crush it and get a thousand extra leads this month. And by the end of this year, I will be a six and seven figure business. But the reality is that pressure is not necessary. You can take small steps over a longer period of time and just accept that you have a lot going on. You have a struggle. There are things happening. If it doesn't happen immediately and you put this pressure on, what do you want it? At the, at, the, at the detriment of your health, of your mental well-being, to be stressed out and burnt out? Of course you don't. You've probably heard all the stories. Trust me, I know from experience, when I suffered burnout and I reflected honestly 12 months later, I reflected on the fact that that stress, most of that stress came from me. It didn't actually come from an external source. I interpreted it and applied it to myself are you putting on more pressure than you need to and if you are then perhaps you just need to refocus your energies towards the place that it's needed today and that might be the kids it might be an illness an injury getting better a new target a new goal it might be just extending the deadline on some of these things dial down that pressure and the third mindset shift that honestly will just change your change your perspective On everything and help you deal with the struggle. Quite often, the biggest mistake we are making is focusing on the short term. I want in the next 30 days, X number of leads, X number of follows, X number of likes. And we're told to measure all these metrics by big marketing agencies with teams of six people. The reality is we've got to shift to a a long-term game plan. I want to ask you an honest question. If you were to achieve this life goal in five years, or 10 years, would that really be so bad? Or is it taking five or 10 years still going to make you feel just as fulfilled? For most of us, most goals, if they're achievable in a five-year window, five years is nothing in your life. In a 10-year window, it's still going to make that massive difference. And the chances are you listen to this because you don't just have teeny weeny goals, you have like massive massive enormous goals and if that's going to take you five years to get there then so be it so start shifting your focus to the long-term game plan no I didn't achieve it this year and I didn't achieve it last year either but I'm on the path I'm somewhere on the path and remember you know that early bit of the path that early curve there's a lot going into it before you have that overnight success that you see other people having Now, of course, it's fine to have these beliefs. You've actually got to take these into the practical. And being a mum, I have to edge on, err onto the side of the practical here. And that's where some of the research that goes into habits really comes into its own and James Clear. It's kind of like that tricking yourself out of that state where you are struggling to show up for your life goals and trying to trick yourself into getting into the right state to do the work. Like Sahil Bloom says, if you've got 80% of the time where you're a bit meh, you don't really feel like it, You've got to trick yourself into getting into that state despite the overwhelm and the struggle that is hitting from all angles. Now, here's one of the things that you can do to manifest your dream life. And that is, I'm going to say, same as most people say, you've got to focus on your morning and evening routines. If you have a morning routine that involves checking out social media, jumping on your emails and answering everybody else's stuff. If you have an evening routine that involves scouring the news and scouring social media and commenting on things and and getting basically triggered by the gap between their highlight reel and where you want to be that's not really serving you so watch your inputs morning and evening routines should be dedicated to self-care self-love and empowerment for example do a little bit of journaling five things you're grateful for, one positive win, one challenge you overcome, one kind act you did, one thing I'd love to get done tomorrow so I can prime my brain. And if your goals are still not achieved, write them down. But don't write here that you're unhappy with your progress. Stay in the positive, positive visual state and it will come. You know, lots of positive psychology research has said that people who are more positive in their state are more optimistic about their future and therefore look for solutions. So if you're saying, oh, I can't just think positive. No, you can't just think positive. But if that leads to you being more optimistic and looking for solutions, then why not? That works for me. Maybe your self-care routine means it needs to include skincare, shower, meditation, yoga, visualization on your future, And yeah, really do think about that social media thing. Okay, I am massively into these sorts of things that involve getting you into a state where you're prepared to do your work. That might be a transitioning process, a ritual. That means you set a boundary from this is the moment when I've left the kids at school or childcare (laughs) and I now need to step into work mode, mum. Maybe it's the transition between a client call and showing up on social media or delivering a talk. Maybe it's a transition that says from being with a client and being sociable because you are a sociable creature and you want to be with people and you want to be learning and, and sharing all your knowledge to all of a sudden having to sit down at your desk and do some really boring financy work. Yeah? Whatever it is, get into the procedure where you have a ritual, a routine that gets you in the zone. It can be like a cue. This is habit, si- habit science. This is a cue to your subconscious that you're stepping into the next phase or the next activity, and it can be anything—a piece of coffee, a coffee, lighting a candle, having a ritual that when when you get down to your desk, having a ritual where you put your shoes on and do some, something particular, a particular jacket. It doesn't matter. It can be having one space. And one activity in that space so you move from your desk in your office into your living room to do your workouts and vice versa or you know you have designated zones using a ritual and and doing a proper transition will really help you to segment and step into new parts of the day some people do this thing where they step through a doorway and they're like as i enter this house as i enter this doorway as i go through this room i turn into a little bit like oh what was that game show where they had stars in their eyes, was it? Where somebody went off behind the scenes, dressed up as somebody else, and came out as this completely new person. I believe there's a new version of this actually on. Anyhow, tra- digressing a little bit. This is habit theory. And if you're really struggling, know. That the secret is not about being motivated beforehand. And I'm going to do a little piece on this. The secret is about getting yourself into that state where you're in momentum and the motivation comes. So you've got to trick yourself into getting started, even if you're struggling. You've got to carve out that time and say, right, this time I'm struggling. But in this space of the day, I've got to show up. I've got an hour or two hours to get something done. Be clear on what you're going to get done. That one thing that you'd love to get done today. And also set yourself a ritual to get started. But then when you're seated, all right, I still don't want to do this podcast episode. All right, I still don't want to do this social media post, this blog, whatever it is you've got to do. Show up, sit there and say, okay, I'll just do a few minutes of prep. I'll just do a few minutes of recording the intro. I'll just do a few minutes of writing the blog post. I'll write 50 words. This is where habits can be incredibly sort of, coerced if you like into happening this is where you say I'm going to trick myself into starting and then naturally you get into a rhythm and you keep going I'm going to leave you with one final point if this hasn't been enough I'm probably a little bit overwhelming really with the actions there on reflection but I wanted to share as much as as I can because if you are struggling then you really really need to work with somebody you can reach out to me but you really need to keep going and know that Dave Brailsford used this, he's he's the coach for, um, well, he's the coach for the cycling team that was Sky, uh, is now Ineos. And he, you know, coached Bradley Wiggins and Chris Froome through winning the Tour de France. And his mentality has always been compounding effects. So you make small incremental differences, minor, tiny tweaks, tiny bits of progress, and they make a massive difference in the long term and in overall. Hold that in your thoughts when you're tricking yourself into getting started even though you're struggling because you are dealing with so much the key here is not to letting the days the weeks the months pass you by to a busy chaotic time you just want to fast forward to the end don't you but you know what you need to embrace the present because no one wants to accelerate through life no one wants to lose the messy middle the journey bit let's embrace the messy middle in fact you know ready to take it on and just check in with yourself more check in with your goals check in with your self-care Create that compassion and understanding and label it as being tough. You know, build in that mental, physical and emotional strength and spiritual connection to come from a place that is completely abundant because you have it all within you and you have plenty of time to build your dream business and life. And in the meantime, you'll know that you'll have earned it. You'll have earned it. It's so hard. thanks have a fantastic week and don't forget to hit over the socials and drop me a message i really want to know how you are what's going on for you and how this episode has changed your life take care folks bye congratulations for showing up and being one of the eight percent that actually turn their dreams into reality i appreciate you for listening and i am committed to helping you improve the quality of your life For more resources, make sure you check out the show notes underneath. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave me a five-star review. And remember, you are incredible. And if you dream it, you can achieve it.